Welcome to season 2 of the Absolutely Right podcast. I'm your host Aditi Sarana. I am a graphologist and a high performance coach. And if you're new here, let me tell you this is India's first graphology based podcast show where I analyze people's handwriting to talk about their different behaviors, personalities, quirks and decision making styles and weaknesses and everything else in between. Now, why am I talking about graphology on a podcast, you know? Uh, it's also in video format now available on YouTube. but i feel we have all written in some other other manner now because graphology or handwriting was part of your formative behavior you know when you were forming all other parts of your personality this was a skill of expression your mind body coordination is already there now if you do not believe this if you're still figuring it out you wonder how in this world of technology graphology can really work if these are your questions then don't worry because people on the show the guests on the show keep asking these questions and i keep answering them so all you got to do is get your handwriting sample and write it in a manner in your natural style and as i analyze our guest today you can analyze yourself So without further ado let me introduce you to our guest today her name is Anupama Mandloy Anupama and I became friends rather instantly when we met few years ago and since then I have seen something very interesting in her behavior she has been questioning herself and reinventing herself in different ways and different manner to give you an overview of her career she started working in television industry in 1993 worked with companies like Star Plus Sony Entertainment Sub TV eventually became the managing director for Fremantle India where they produce shows like Indian Idols now at the peak of her career she decided to stop pause and review her life and because she wanted to make a difference with her knowledge her talent in the world she said i need to do something very very different on her quest to reinvent herself she went back to school to harvard and then came back to start a production company that makes movies based on social impact so tighten your seat belt and we will start this journey of reinventing yourself right away with adu Hi Anu, welcome to the show. Welcome to Absolutely Right, and you're one of the first few people I spoke about the podcast idea with. I cannot believe we have come all the way here, and now you're finally our guest. Thank you so much. I know, and I'm so excited for you also because you're on season two now, and that's like a huge journey. And so hats off to you, and <laughs> congratulations. You. And I'm so glad to be a guest on your podcast. So uh, let me tell all our listeners that I have already analyzed Anu's handwriting a couple of times before in the past. She's a friend. Her story is so powerful that I needed to share the story on our conversation. Stop rolling your eyes, Anu. <laughs> so uh, let's look at uh, certain aspects of your handwriting, and I'm going to talk about it so that people can understand some interesting aspects of their personality looking at the handwriting stroke. so get your handwriting ready and as i analyze anu make sure that you look at your own strokes and figure this out so i'm going to try and call you anupama that's going to be my attempt let's see you if can that works call me anu and that's perfectly fine so the first stroke that stands out in your handwriting is a letter g which looks like number 8 you know when you write your g it is not like a normal uh, general formation that's very specific peculiar eight number looking g if you have that stroke in your writing it means that you can write as your way of expression writing is so natural that if you want to emote if you want to feel calmer if you want to really convey something to even yourself not other people writing can become your medium of doing that and that has been the case throughout that's actually bang on 
because uh, I've realized over a period of time, so I was in a corporate job mm -hmm. um, and I found that if I had to put it down on a piece of paper or on an email, it just was very clear and very concise and really uh, well phrased. So people would understand exactly what, what was being communicated. Whereas when I speak, I sometimes have to search for words. It's just far easier for me to write something out. So, and I've kept a diary for like, I think, forever, 30 years or God knows how long. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think I'm able to express myself far better when I write. And I, you're right, I do feel calmer. I feel I'm able to say things that I wouldn't say otherwise when mm -hmm. I write. So that's very interesting because so, so many traits are innate to our personality. You know, if we tap into what we already have, we can make it faster, better, more efficient. And you're, in your case, if you know that writing is my go-to mechanism, anytime when you're dealing with a concern uh, phase or, you know, difficult, challenging situation, you know this is your go-to mechanism. It mostly works for everyone, but somebody with the letter number 8 as their letter G, it works even better, even more uh, close as a natural expression. So keep up with that. Good to know. Do you have any question for me? So, I have a very generic question for you. Okay. Is that you've been reading uh, samples for years now. Mm -hmm. What is the first, is it, do you let the writing lead you or is it something that stands out in the writing when you first see it? That, you know, like for example, when you saw my uh, sample, what was the first thing that stood out for you? And maybe as a challenge and maybe as as my strength okay so most of the time uh, when we learn how to analyze a sample like the way i formally learned in my international certifications we were told to analyze a complete sample and there are so many different ways in which you analyze the ending stroke beginning strokes the imaginary baseline on which you write the writing and there are so many factors now one point is you understand that these these all things are important now when you keep doing something it becomes your second nature so as i kept doing and i kept you know following the process of doing it the process got internalized at some point and now it's almost like i look at a sample and within a few seconds you just know what you want to pick up and talk about and that's that's i believe is a flow which happens to any professional so it's not like anything new for graphology when you keep repeating a process the process becomes your way of approaching anything so that's what has happened so for me actually writing was one of the first things that stood out as your natural tendency so i picked that up and i spoke about it second thing uh, you know i must talk about if i have to say about weakness or something that is not really beneficial for you i would say impatience Okay, <laughs> so two ways of looking at it when you write your letter T, lowercase t, the horizontal line which we call T bar is moving to the right. Also, when you try to put the dot on your eye, it moves to the right, which means it's also another sign of impatience. So for our writers, for our listeners, if you look at your own writing and if you have that move moving forward, you know, T bar horizontal line moving to the right also i dot moving to the right instead of being right on the top of the let that vertical line that means impatience that means temper that means wanting to be in tomorrow right now and if this, this doesn't happen you tend to struggle with it and you tend to feel as if you're running on a treadmill right now in your life bang on as usual <laughs> you want to give us examples <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know. I mean, there there are so many because I'm constantly impatient. I'm impatient with people. I'm impatient if things don't happen the minute I say to. And uh, you know what? Very often happens is that I have something that I need to do. I have to do it now. Like it obsesses me. And so, even if there is no urgency, even if there is no deadline, but in my head, if I've decided, so very often it happens that I go to sleep, and while I'm sleeping, I I get an image of how I want the living room to be reorganized. It's a flash. <laughs> the next morning, everything to has to come to a standstill till I have rearranged it to my satisfaction, and then I can breathe again. So, I think in some ways it's good because I get stuff done. Uh, and on the other side, yes, I think uh, it it prevents me from also hearing people the way I need to. Sometimes I think well. this is a great point what we are talking about because most of the time the executors and you know taskmasters of, of the world have done this. They pick up something and they give their hundred percent to it, and they stand like a pillar for that execution to happen, which is a great thing. And you know you're always celebrated for this trait, even as a professional in your case. Having said that. when the same behavior becomes compulsive is where the challenge is yeah. now by compulsive i mean i cannot control it the behavior controls me it decides what i should be doing so it's almost like being in a position where you have no choice and this is where you have to probably pay attention to yeah. because getting work done and being completely committed to it and making sure it happens now is a great great strength to have but doing it without having a choice and feeling as if if i don't do it it is not an option for me and then i have to fight everything and everyone to get my way out of it that becomes a compulsive behavior and you know we speak a lot about trigger on a friday episode where i i give you a journaling question and you are supposed to write and do graphotherapy on in that context you know this whole trigger mechanism is important and our compulsive behaviors actually create the triggers that we cannot get enough of Yeah, maybe so I just need to meditate a lot more. <laughs> Or probably look at where it becomes an idea that you want to pursue, and where it turns into compulsive behavior. There's always a tipping point, and if you start picking that tipping point, the compulsive behavior changes, stops, you know, alters very, very easily. But we don't know the tipping point. You know, it's almost like you're on a ground floor, and suddenly you're like, "Oh my God, I'm in the basement. When did I reach here?" Hmm. When we are being compulsive, all of us have different compulsive behaviors, so. just as it's a good idea to kind of think about it yeah. and pick up okay before i go and look at your handwriting anu i really want to know uh, why did you decide to stop working in your corporate job and decided the whole journey to go back to school which i thought was fascinating that to harvard while i was at work uh, I, there were a couple of things that happened uh, one was that my uh, dad passed away mm-hmm. and the other thing was that i attended ted in vancouver I suddenly was exposed to this, you know, like so many people who were doing so many different things and contributing in so many different ways to uh, the evolution of mankind and to society and just, just, just such different things that I had been exposed to. Mm-hmm. I felt that I was in a well, you know, and I'd just been sitting there and I wasn't really doing anything new, and I was mm-hmm. pushing myself. I was in a very comfortable space, so I decided to move out of that. and when i did it was not as if i had always intended to study but i think because i suddenly found myself in a space where i had time um it just suddenly occurred to me that why don't i use this time to do something learn something okay, okay. and i started exploring options and then 
Harvard actually for me was also personal because my father had been a, a professor at Harvard for 10 years. Oh. And uh, I had some childhood memories also associated with just that place. And, and I wanted to revisit it and I wanted to see what it feels like to be a student and to be taught by some of the world's best faculty. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't regret a minute of that because it was, it was just the most amazing experience, you know, and it, it's there with me. It's always there in my subconscious. And I'm hoping that at some point in time, someday, I'll actually be able to bring all of that to fruition. I don't know in what way, but I'd love for that to happen. So, so if, I, if I have to say it in, in a different way, if I may ask, how old were you when you decided to... Oh my God. Go back, back. <laughs> <laughs> How old was I? I have to do a rough calculation, but I think I was 45, 46 ish. And, and, and actually, picking up this, what were the challenges to, to study again after all these years? You know, so many people feel like doing it and they, th they say, one day I will go back to school and reinvent myself. And they keep talking about it and thinking about it, but they do not get to do it. Now we know the impatience has helped you by now, <laughs> but other than that, what were the other challenges? Honestly, the, I didn't find any challenge because for me, so we had to go through around 60, 70 case studies mm -hmm. and I enjoyed going through all of them. And for me, because they were from different uh, sort of subjects, mm -hmm. uh, it was challenging when it would come into things like maths and, and stuff like that, you know, where there was a little more technicality involved. But it was fascinating. I mean, that was the reason why I decided to do it, right? To learn something so, new. So the minute that presented itself to me, I was only too happy to, to sort of, to learn to sort of speak amongst a cohort of people who've already been doing so much when, in their respective professions, uh, to be able to make points, to be able to hear what other people and what they're... And it was, it was incredible because these are all people who, who were professionals, right? And they all exactly. had a very clear sort of stand on how they perceived a subject or what was their takeaway from it. Mm -hmm. And what was very interesting to me was the, the professors themselves. Mm -hmm. The amount of work that they would put into preparing before they came and stood before us, mm -hmm. knowing that we were professionals of standing right. in our own, you know. Uh, and so the way they taught us is probably very different from the way they would treat, uh, yeah, who are more, far more moldable in a manner of speaking. So nice. yeah, it was a great experience. Wow. So I'm looking at your handwriting and one of the things that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to find reasons of why would somebody be able to do it. One of the things is learnability. And for you, when I look at your letter E, which has the open loop in the letter E, which talks about somebody being open to listen to other per other person, absorb things, really be fully present in anything that you do. Also leading to more curiosity. Now, that is your favorite thing to do, you know, find things that, that are not explored before. Now, I'm looking at uh, the whole sample and the way we call it margin, you know, the right side, left side, we leave space every time we write on a blank sheet of paper. So in your case, when I look at the margins of the writing, I feel you are up to in last six months, you're thinking about another idea, another proposal, another concept, which is very risky to begin with, or you feel it is risky, it might not be risky according to other people, but you are like kind of uh, figuring out whether I should do it, but I know I want to do it. And that risk is shown by the right margin of your writing. So 
here you are what are those risky ideas going about there are actually quite a few that are bubbling okay. um so i produced a documentary uh, aunty sudha aunty radha and now i'm thinking it's time to sort of back some other project and mm-hmm. uh, i really want to back somebody who who needs the money to be able to complete something mm-hmm. and i want to be part of that journey with them uh, so i am in like i am in conversations with with a couple of people but before we talk about the newer projects your your idea as a producer is to create social impact movies yes yeah so talk tell us about that why social impact movies obviously we need all of us need them but what is your connect with that so see when i came into the media i was inspired by something called news track mm-hmm. uh, and at that point in time it it's to do with investigative journalism it sort of the social injustices and bringing them out to people and sharing it with them and getting them or sort of creating a sense of awareness amongst mm-hmm. people that there is a situation like this that exists and that you are totally unfamiliar with so bringing new worlds to people is something that's always excited me uh, and having been in this space for the longest time i've always felt that there should be responsibility that comes with this uh, there is a lot there is such big influence that any content holds over people and if you have the ability to understand that and use it mm-hmm. uh well it can actually create change in the world mm-hmm. so for me it's really uh, you know i'm i'm part of something else called coral woman again you know as an impact producer the idea is to try and create awareness about marine conservation mm-hmm. so it's not that i go with any particular subject in mind it's just something that appeals at that moment that feels right and that feels needs to be shared uh i like okay. to get involved in that so so anu over to you please ask me any question about any specific thing that is bothering you something which is active something you would like me to comment about um Okay so when I and this is also because I've been doing the graphology courses with you yes um my writing I realize has these you know a, a fairly large number of t strokes they're all very different mm-hmm. what do you think it all kind of adds up to so i know that the impatience is one big stroke but like so the letter t is an interesting letter to begin with you know it has 52 types of writing this letter and when i teach graphology i call it almighty t because it has so much information within it in your case i i can break this t in multiple different ways and talk about you know interpretations after interpretations i'm going to pick and you know explain things that even our listeners can look at their own writing and observe now there are two parts to t one is a vertical line another is a horizontal line the way you place that horizontal line talks a lot about it for example some people put it right at the top some people put it in the middle and some people put it at the closer to the bottom part of it so in your case it is top and the middle when t bar is at the top it talks about long term thinking talks about how you feel confident about whatever you want to achieve in your life when it is in the middle it talks about short term thinking and how end result oriented you are okay okay so in 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 your case when you have both these different types that means you move from long term thinking to short term thinking and long term thinking to short term thinking is it a good thing 
in a way yes that's your style because you look at a larger idea and then you pick a piece of it and give your 100% and go complete end result oriented on that until it is done then you kind of look at the the vision and the larger idea again you come back and do it but the problem is when it happens on its own so when you're choosing to do it it's a great skill but so many times you are in the middle of thinking about this current project and being completely end result oriented then you snap out of it and think of the larger picture and then you feel i i can't see this piece fitting should i even do this then you remove it and then you pick another piece and so i think let me do this small piece and the switch when it happens over and over again without your choice you feel impatient also you feel uh, uncomfortable anxious all of that comes along because the movement between say speed 30 and speed 100 happens on its own and then you feel you can't control the car right yeah. if doing it in a deliberate manner you know that is happening okay now i'm thinking long term now it is like you know it's 100 and i'm changing my gears to control it but in when when you have no control over it you don't know how to control the car or your movement or in your case your experience of that journey something that i kind of struggled with was that i've always wanted to write yeah mm-hmm. and uh, i've always felt that i don't have the discipline to do it like you know to actually sit down focused spend time write it out so i said how do i get myself to do this because i want to do it mm-hmm. So I went online and I figured out some online courses for script writing and I made sure that they were the kind of courses that gave you assignments every weekend. Okay. Okay. And then it was through that assignment that I managed to actually write out a script a structure, script. not a script. Mm-hmm. Like a so at least from that one concept line, I knew now where the story was going. Okay. Once I had that then i was like then it became automated and i i kind of sort of but what does happen is i'll write for two days and it's very quick when i sit down to write it starts flowing and then i'll take a step back and say oh, okay maybe i should now do something else and then i'll come back to this after three months and say okay now let me finish it so mm-hmm. i do tend to switch back and forth i guess that's what you're talking about yes and but this is again a practical aspect of writing mostly yeah. writing happens like this because a part of it is you writing another part is inspiration but i am talking about larger execution ideas if you want to make a purchase decision if you want to make a, a business decision where you have to like think about what i require in long term for this to get, go well and what do i need right now so that switching gear is what i was referring to okay also another aspect as i said it's also about self confidence so it moves from i think i can handle a larger thing to oh, i don't know whether i should be stepping into it I, let me just like you know only be practical then a part of you like no but of course you can do it so have you seen these two people fighting inside you yeah, yeah 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 so this is what happens when you have the fluctuating the self talk comes into play and and a and a very distinct self talk so one part of you is like constantly telling you how far you can go and another is keeping you rooted in uh, what if you don't do it well what if what if this doesn't work out so that contrasting conversation is represented by fluctuating t bar yeah yeah uh one more aspect when you write your letter t it is it is like a cross so many times it's like a straight line that talks about you being very direct and being direct means saying things as they are whether people like it or not 
and mostly people do not like it and i'm sure you have suffered the the skill of <laughs> you have like many many examples of knowing why you shouldn't be doing it but yes and i won't talk about those examples but uh, <laughs> but yeah suffice it to say that there are many times when i'm saying something because somebody has asked me for an opinion or and i have to literally i start speaking and i'm thinking oh sh i shouldn't be saying this i shouldn't be saying this but i i'm saying it because that's the only way i know how to so i think those who know me well also know that i don't mean to undermine i right, just right. that's just it what is what you see is what you get it's yep, yep. literally that <laughs> but those who don't know me for them it can sometimes come as a as a big shock that yep, yep. did she really also, just say that to me and who does she think she is huh? <laughs> as as a person you come across as a very warm and soft person gentle person so when they see this direct side of you which they do not expect at all that is misleading for sure hmm <laughs> i i'm not sure actually that a lot of people see me as warm and uh, what was the word you used gentle <laughs> gentle, gentle <laughs> most of the times i've been told how intimidating i am and how scary i can be and um, and when they get to know me then suddenly it's like i didn't know you were this fun mm-hmm. i'm like uh, okay okay now of course i'm used to it but yeah that So I'm going to hold my comment back for our next segment which is called autograph please but before I get there do you have any other question that I can answer Not really I'd love to hear what you have to say Okay one aspect of your writing which is the the way it tilts so your writing tilts to the left and sometimes it is straight so the slant as we call it is like between left slant and a straight slant Now if anybody has writing strokes like that and I've been speaking about it over and over again uh because it is a sign of somebody being an introvert most people do not understand introversion because our society is built on celebration as a community everybody coming together people talking out loud and also talking in public to kind of gain authority so we don't understand the power and impact an introvert can have but many poets many script writers scientists you know amazing thinkers philosophers all of them were introverts and they felt that they can recharge themselves by being away from people so for an introvert if you are one please keep this in mind that the stimulation for you is much higher when you are surrounded by other people or other human beings if i have to say so their conversations their opinions even if you are interacting with them or not you just feel stimulated and to calm your nerve to be calmer in your own zone probably you have to spend time alone so make sure that you do pick up some activities where you are on your own and allowing yourself to to feel the connection with things which are non human if i have to say uh, it could be writing it could be painting it could be gardening it could be being with your pet but all these things would allow your mind to unwind and allow you to feel the connection with yourself that is the only recharge mechanism for you which would work 100% time Yes, and this I follow. This is something I've done instinctively my whole life, especially when I was in the corporate job where we, you mm-hmm. would have I don't know innumerable meetings through the day, you would be hearing and speaking constantly and after the th- and maybe even having to attend some social gigs and stuff yeah, like yeah. that which I'm not very comfortable with in any case and then come 
I would need to, I would know that I need to take some time out, spend some, spend some time on my own, literally recenter and ground myself, and then get back into doing what I'm doing. I, it's, it's a, it's something that I do all the time. And that is like, I would say, a high performer. No, it's also actually a high performer mindset. I, I call it as, as an essential part of it, especially for an introvert, because that recharge mechanism and finding ways in which you can recharge yourself better and faster is something that, that could become your pursuit to make this process even more fun. Yeah. So the next segment is called Autograph, Please, where I'm going to look at your handwriting and your signature and talk about the gaps between your real image real personality and your public image. Why am I saying it? Because your handwriting talks about who you are and signature talks about how people perceive you. Now, we all know beyond our COVID masks, we have been wearing traditionally, historically, the public masks all the time where we walk into a public situation and we have some image that we create subconsciously. So most of us are even unaware of how we turn into these different people which is represented by your signature. Now, Anu just mentioned that people thought I was intimidating. Now, Anu, I have to say this. Uh, I, we went through this process called signature redesigning through your high performance coaching module. Now, when we changed the signature, I would say before that process, yes, people felt intimidated by you. And I agree with that aspect. But I believe that has stopped. What is your experience of it? It has changed. I mean, now I, yeah, I, I sometimes regret that people don't find that anymore <laughs> because it was such a great, great tool I had, you know, uh, where I didn't have to say anything. And I, there's so many people who would tell me, you know, that particular way, that look, we have sat in front of the mirror and tried to copy exactly that just so we can say there is a line here, dude, you do not cross it. <laughs> That line has disappeared. Oh my yeah. God. I'm so sorry for that. That change. That no, it's good. I must agree with this because I remember meeting you for the first time and we were, both of us were signing a contract and there were these people who were facilitating the whole thing. And I reached before you reached for that meeting. And I was talking to these people. The very moment you stepped into the room, everything just became like serious. And they were on their toes and they were making sure that they're they are like really struggling to get all the papers aligned to make sure they do not miss anything in front of you. And I looked at you and I'm like, who is this person? Why these people are so scared of her? It was damn, damn funny to look at their body language going like, like really scary and jittery just by your presence. So I'm so sorry to take that weapon away from you. But I believe that has helped you in, in ways where you have made more friends than ever before. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, now they don't have to wait to get to know me to become my friends. Uh, you know, it's become simpler. Yes. <laughs> That was my idea, but I don't know. I didn't know that I was like not helping you fully. Yeah, my sword, my secret weapon. <laughs> <laughs> the other aspect of, of your personality, which I felt was always misleading, that people thought that you're too independent for them to deal with you. Like you, they always felt that even they were part of your team and you nurtured them over the years. They felt, but you know, she doesn't need us. There was that, that aspect of like, she can figure this out. And they did not feel that they belong to you. Which I feel has changed after we changed the signature, where the belonging or the sense of companionship, even in teams that you work with, is way higher than ever before. It's actually very difficult for me to 
to talk about how my teams perceive me. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I know that there has always been, uh, you know, reasonable respect and, and all of that. But yes, a sense of love and belonging or, or just something that borders more on affection, okay. maybe less as compared to respect. Yes. And I think that has probably shifted. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So people like really feel as if you are a friend that they're working with instead of like only a, a person that they look up to because that happened throughout. Even now that happens for sure. But that, that because the intimidation has gone, also you have dropped some facade which were like really close to you. So you kept holding on to them and you wanted people to deal with you in a particular way because otherwise it wouldn't have worked well for you. So those things have gone and you know... So it's just become times, easier actually. Yeah, you know, I, I hear a lot about the conversation around boundaries and you know how we should have boundaries in relationship and people shouldn't step into them and all of that. And so many times I feel the, the idea of boundary is to create a nurturing space for ourselves. But we get so invested in protecting a boundary that we forget that it was meant for nurturing and not for fighting the boundary. So the boundary turns into a wall and the wall turns into a fort and then you constantly keep guarding the wall so that people shouldn't break in. True. That, that becomes a problem. True. True. That has definitely changed. <laughs> God. <laughs> and for so, the better. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm so happy. I think that's all from my side. And I think I have covered many, many different aspects of your personality. As my message to everybody who's listening to this podcast is that if you get a chance to work with Aditi, please do. It is really genuinely a life-changing experience and it forget about life-changing also it just makes a huge difference just to you as a person so i vouch for 100 percent. thank you thank you so much and you know i also say must say that that at the point when we met the the fact that you chose to look at yourself honestly and question certain aspects that goes to you because a lot of learnability aspects that people drop because any learning requires unlearning and unlearning is always uncomfortable especially when you reach a point in your life in your career where things have already worked for you and you're already successful it becomes even more difficult to drop things which you believe are already working for you which got you here which actually made you know the, the star in your own career the way you are and then questioning it and then dropping them and then learning a new thing. I think that is always very inspirational when I when I meet you and talk to you about things like including script writing courses to going back to Harvard, that whole molding yourself every now and then. And I always say that I've seen this across, you know, like in, in different nationality in people that I worked from all over the world. This is one common thing with people who are uh, higher in their performance is they have this ability to question the norm outside and more importantly, inside themselves to figure things out and, you know, go beyond their own conclusions and limitations. It may or may not be a negative limitation, but any positive or negative limitation by questioning it and, and stretching themselves further. So thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you so thank much you. for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Absolutely Right. I believe you have learned some interesting aspects about yourself and how to reinvent yourself. 
On our Friday episode, I pick one issue and talk about how you can journal around it. How can you really ask yourself that appropriate question that allows your emotions to loosen up, release themselves. And I use something very, very powerful called graphotherapy, where one stroke of handwriting repeated several number of times in a particular manner can induce calmness. I've tried this with thousands of people by now, and I can guarantee that if the technique is followed in a specific manner, you will see the result if you want to learn the stroke the link is mentioned in the description box below and just to remember it is aditisurana.com slash kamasutra c-a-l-m kamasutra so figure that out learn that stroke and get to journaling with a new question every friday and before I say bye, if you think graphology is really interesting and you would like to learn the course, learn the subject, then on 1st of May, our new batch is starting. So go ahead, enroll. The link is mentioned on the website again. And I will see you on Friday with a new journaling question. Till then, happy writing. Happy writing.